And how are you this morning? You blessed, favored of God? Amen. Walking in his mercy, his grace, his love, his kindness, his provisions. Amen. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. One of my favorite songs, uh, it's, it's, it talks about when it says that um, even, like it says, um, even when I'm not good, you're good. You know, and, and I, I love that because, some, you know, sometimes we're not all good. More times than not. Amen? But he's good. And it's his goodness that keeps me coming back to him because, amen, he's good. And where else can you go? Amen. God bless you this morning. Let's bow our heads. Let's trust the Lord this morning for his word uh, entering into our heart and producing fruit, not only for eternal life, but fruit for uh, evangelism, fruit for all that is your, in your needs. Amen. Father, we thank you this morning as we come around and, Lord, we partake of your word. We pray, Lord, soften our hearts to receive and let it enter into good ground, Lord, that it may produce a harvest, not only to harvest in our life, but a harvest out in the world, Lord God, that souls would be saved, uh, uh, prison walls would come down, uh, demons would flee, uh, the addicted would become, uh, shackles would fall off, and Lord God, the glory of God, the church would be filled, and Lord God, you would receive all glory, all honor, all praise, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This is one of my favorite times of the year, and I'm sure it is for you as well. If not, you're either a Grinch or an Ebenezer. <laughs> you can take a choice. <laughs> Pick one. But it is, it is it's, a, it's a great time of year. Uh, it has always been something I, that I've loved. I'm sure you've loved. Uh, I even like Santa Claus. I was almost tempted to get a picture taken with Santa Claus yesterday. The guy was running around on a fire truck waving to kids, and we were behind him. And we got all excited. We got excited, me and Jill. And J Isabella's sitting back there like she could care less. You know, and I'm like, oh, it's Santa Claus. It's Santa Claus. Let's get up alongside him. So we get up alongside him, and the cars are beeping because we wanted to see Santa Claus. So we had to pull over and uh, see Santa Claus. And Isabella got a picture with Santa Claus. I'm like, what about me? <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, we get a little weird during this season, if I could say. No, you know what comes? It's this childlike thing in us. You know, it brings back the nostalgia. You know what I'm saying? And, and we like it, and I enjoy it. I love the lights this holiday season. I mean, when, el when else do you take the time to go and get in the garage or your attic, pull down the boxes or your basement, pull out the boxes, pull out the lights, untangle them, plug them in, and see that they don't work? Right? And then still do that process. We did that process. It was like six, seven, none of them. But they worked the year before. This is a conspiracy. <laughs> this is criminal. You know, they worked that one time, and then you put them away, and they guarantee not to work the next year. But I love the lights. And so, you know, you go out, you get lights, and you put them up, or, uh, you know, on the tree, on the house, and, and, and these things. And it's the season of light. And... um. It was, it's kind of, you know, we enjoy it, and I know my, my wife goes last week, let's go look at the lights. <laughs> let's drive around the town and look at lights. And me and Isabella were like, okay. And we went looking at the light, and my, and my wife was like, oh, look at that beautiful lights over there. And we're like, oh, look at the porch light. 
and we were kind of just kind of having fun with it as a family. But in, in all reality, we love the lights. I mean, and people put up lights to celebrate the season of light. It's a great time of the year. I love the music. I mean, unsaved people singing glory to God in the highest. Unsaved people singing about the newborn son. Unsaved people singing about the hope of salvation. Unsaved people giving glory to God. That's a great thing. You know, when you say, well, why? It, because when you walk into a store, you're, you're hearing people that normally do not sing about the Lord and about salvation and about the hope of the season are singing about it. Because the evidence that God made is so powerful, it permeates even those who resist it. And so the salvation of God is strong. The season, the signal, the message that he sent has so, is, is so profound that even those who resist to bow the knee sing of his praises. Amen? Amen. So I love the music. I love the food. Somebody, mm. I love the food. We, the, the seven fishes, you know, you have your shrimp, you have your clams, you have your octopus, you have your bacala. And if you're Spanish, you have your bacalao. Amen. But you have something. You sell, oh, the food. Nobody diets during Christmas. <laughs> Nobody diets during Christmas. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to shed a few pounds. Not this season, you're not. Let me put out a tray of cookies. You know, whatever it is, whatever, you're, whatever it is that you fancy during this time of year, you go out and you get it because what you're in, the, you're in the mood to celebrate. You want to eat. You want to stuff your face. You want to, you know, you, wa you want to, you, you've worked all year. And you're celebrating the birth of the Savior. Yeah, let's sit down and eat. And so I love the food. You know, uh, uh, growing up in Brooklyn, my family, I remember, we used to get the bacala because, you know, it was tradition. My grandfather would make a great bacala stew with it, but we'd have to get it a few days before and put it in the tub. F a fish, a dead fish floating in the tub, and I didn't have to take a bath. I loved this holiday. <laughs> Sign me up. You, know, you can't take a bath this week. The, the fish is in the tub. Well, thank you for the fish. Yeah. But um, all these things, but, and it, it was just so good. Even the smells of Christmas, whether it's the cooking or whatever it is, there's just something great about this, this season. And um, above all things, the hope. The hope. You know, of course, the scripture says, but an angel said to them, do not be afraid. I love that. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you, who is Christ the Lord. That's, there's hope. There's hope. For the downcast, for the, for the beaten, for the, for, for the up and outer, for the down and outer, there's still hope. In the name of Jesus Christ. And that season, that time, it's just, it's just a beautiful time. And if I'll be honest with you, there's, there's a, another thing I really like about this holiday season. It's the presents. I mean, come on now. If we're going to go through all this trouble, eat and things like that, you at least want some, you want, a, you want some presents. 
And it's not, only, it's not only the getting of the presents. You know what's fun? It's the going out and getting something for the special people in your life that makes it even more. Because what time of the year do you actually go to your wife or your husband and you say, hey, what do you want this year? What, what, you know, what do you think? What would you like me to get you? You know, and, the, and they begin to show you, oh, I'd like to get this, and I'd like to get that, and I'd like to get this, and, and you know, I was looking at this, and, uh, uh, you know, this is nice, or when they're walking through the store, oh, I'd like that. You know, oh, okay, and then, like, you know, a, a day or two later, oh, man, I totally forgot what it was that they, they were looking at. You know, um, I seemed interested at the time, but those things, you know, they happen. But here, the beauty of it is, is not only do you look to get what they kind of have on their list, but then you go above and beyond to get something that is meaningful to you that shows your appreciation for the person that you married, right? It, it's not just what they wanted. Now you're looking to say, I have to personalize this. And I've got to go above and beyond to say, hey, look, you mean so much to me. You know, yeah, I got you this. You know what I'm saying? Or you wrap it up, that one gift that you're really excited, you kind of put it in the front of the tree instead of the back of the tree so that it kind of gets open because you're really excited about giving it. It's the beauty of presents. You know, and um, we're, not, we're not the originator of giving of presents. Amen? The giving of gifts didn't originate with us. God gave us his son. This will be a sign unto you. You will find the babe wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. While the son may not have been pre presented in a fancy manner, the babe wrapped in cloths lying on a manger was the greatest gift any one of us ever received. Amen? Amen. You can fancy wrap your boxes, you can fancy wrap your gifts, but I'll tell you, the babe lying, lying in a manger, lying in cloths, is the greatest gift that any one of us ever opened or ever received. Amen and amen. So God's the originator of gift. He gave us the babe wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And while we're on the subject of gifts, there's a, there are some gifts around this altar today that I'd like to unwrap and begin to minister to you what the Lord placed on my heart this week. And so let's celebrate the season by the opening of the gifts that the Lord would want to present to us. This one here says, to full gospel center from Jesus. Ooh, everybody's excited. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm just, I'm excited with you. That's all part of Christmas, right? It's a rock. But it's not just any rock. It's a rock of encouragement that says, be, not, be anxious for nothing. See, there's so much that goes on that makes us anxious. It's not going to stay up there. I tried, people. I really did. But be anxious for nothing. See, we can turn on the TV and we can look at the news and the reports and all of that, and we are filled with anxious anxiety. We can 
live in this world and go about our, our lives, and guess what? Things hit us from every direction, and we have anxious anxiety. If you have children and they go through things, they're going through it, and you're going through it too, and you have anxious anxiety. And the Lord says to you today, be anxious for nothing. Now, if you're from Brooklyn, be anxious for nothing. But according to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, be anxious for nothing. Amen. But we live our lives anxious after one thing after another, one thing and another. We go to sleep anxious. We wake up anxious. We find ourselves troubled by many things, and we find ourselves living in an anxious lifestyle. And God's, Jesus' word to us today is be anxious for nothing. You know, and, and, and the reason for the rock is because our anxious lifestyle weighs on us, weighs us down. You know, it's heavy on our heart. It's heavy on our mind. It's heavy in our spirit. We go to sleep with it. We wake up with it. We go to work with it. We get on the phone about it. We relate to one another about it. Hey, you know, we share anxious. I know. I share why I'm anxious. Another person shares why they're anxious. And we're, we're sharing the anxious rock. Got to be careful. I don't want this thing slipping out of my hands. We live in an anxious society, an anxious world. And the word of the Lord for us in this season is be anxious for nothing. You know, we find ourselves troubled. We find ourselves in trouble. I'm looking for trouble now. I'm usually good at finding it. Oh, here it is. I got some trouble right here. That's trouble. That's trouble. But you see what happens when we find us, when, when trouble hits us, is that we begin to focus more on our trouble. I begin to talk about my trouble. I begin to speak of all the trouble. I begin to magnify the trouble that sooner or later, my trouble begins to look like this. It started out like that, and then it gets like this. What started out as something tiny, because I spoke about it, magnified it, looked at it, worried about it, slept with it, woke up with it, went to work with it, drove in the car with it, I did all these things with it, and this little thing turns into that. See, from God's perspective, this is what it is. From our perspective, oh my goodness, it's Rambo. And the word of the Lord says, be anxious for nothing. So the weight of our anxiousness can be, can be a heavy weight to bear. And we were never required to carry it, nor did the Lord want us to carry it. It comes into our life and it can be heavy 
But the longer we hold on to it, the heavier it gets. The more we talk about it, the bigger it gets. The more we focus on it, okay? And what the, what the Lord wants to say to us is be anxious for nothing. See, the anxiousness of life robs us of peace. It robs us of joy. It takes all our attention and focus. That by the time we get to Sunday service or Wednesday service, we're defeated. It's hard to lift up hands. We see one person rejoicing, and we're like, well, why can't I rejoice? Well, where'd you focus your attention all week? What have you occupied your mind with? What have you spoken about all week long? And because of those things, and what the Lord wants to say to you is, is be anxious for nothing. See, our God is bigger. Our God is greater. Our God is wiser. Our God is stronger than anything we are facing today. He's bigger than your problem. But the thing is, is we make our problem bigger than God. And if the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, the situation should really look like this. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We lose perspective. Get the guy an ice pack. He caught the trouble? Oh. That's it, just throw it away. Amen, I'm with you on that. But if Jesus wanted to give us a gift today, and that gift is to be anxious for nothing. Take your focus off of the situation and begin to put your focus on God. It's like my sister said this morning, and I said it at first service. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. When we begin to sit, sit, when we begin to put our eyes heavenward and we begin to voice the things of the word, when we begin to voice faith, when we begin to shout unto God with a voice of triumph, when we take our eyes off our situation and lift our eyes to the hills, right then and there, our help is on the way. I'm going to need that for later, I forgot. So that's gift number one. God wants you to be anxious for nothing. Take your anxious eyes off of your troubles and refocus on your God and be anxious for nothing. Number two. It says, peace, joy, and love. Merry Christmas, full gospel center from the Holy Spirit. It says, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So our second gift by the encouragement of the Holy Spirit is in everything, by prayer and supplication or petition, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Why would this gift be a gift from the Holy Spirit? That's a good question. Why would you put it out in that way? Why would you present it that way? Because when it comes to prayer, 
We need the strength of the Holy Spirit, especially if you're dealing with anxious thoughts, anxious life, anxious things in your life. What happens is the anxiety of life defeats you. You know, anxiety is a multi-billion dollar business. Between medication, books, therapy, group therapy, podcasts, all talking about anxiety, but no one having the solution. And, and so the Holy Spirit has for you the solution to the situation. And the situation is, but by everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. See, it says in Romans 8, 26 through 28, it says, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. You ever get to a place in your life where things are going on and, you know, and, 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 and you don't know how to pray? The situation's too big. It's occupied your mind too much. You can't even uh, have discernment on how to pray. The Bible tells us that the spirit that is in us intercedes for us with groanings and utterance that, one, we don't understand, we can't comprehend, but it prays according to the will of God because the Holy Spirit and God get together with you, join together so that the will of God is produced in your life and brings you out. That's why we need to be people of prayer. And so we find ourselves that the Holy Spirit would encourage us. The beginning point is prayer. See, prayer is the starting point. That's where your dependency on God begins. See, you've tried every situation. I've talked it over with, with this person. I talked it over with that person. I even talked it over with my mother. I talked it over here. I was talking about it at work. I was talking with, with it about myself to myself. I did all the talking I possibly could do, but it hasn't changed anything. Pray. The Bible says, but with everything, with prayer. So prayer is really the beginning point because prayer is the point that we, we resist the most but need, we resist the most but need even greater. Prayer is always the last resort. I'll figure it out. Oh, it's just, it's just transitory. Oh, this will pass. Ah, you know, you muscle through it. You, tr you know, you try everything you can. But the fact of the matter is, is you get to a place where you just get so fed up the, and the last resort that we use is prayer. But it's the greatest, the beginning point. It's the beginning point of, the, of, of our dependency on God. I've tried this on my own, Father. I don't know where to go. I don't know which way to turn. So we turn, our, we turn our voice upward. And so prayer is the beginning point when it comes to our anxious lifestyle. Supplication or petition is the personal relationship that you have with God. See, what happens is, is I begin to pray. And what I'm doing first is I'm, I'm praying about that I'm weak in this situation. I'm praying over this situation. I'm praying, but really what I'm doing is I'm confessing my weaknesses and my dependency on God. 
Well, what happens next? Well, now comes petition. See, as I begin to focus my attention on God, as I begin to focus, all of a sudden my relationship between God the Father and me can come into focus. And now I start to get a little more personal. See, petitioning someone is really personal. Right? See, you can't go up to a, a, a total stranger and say, hey, can you pray for my healing? That's a petition, is it not? Hey, uh, I'm a little short of dough. Can you um, possibly lend me? You go up to a stranger and they look at you like, no. But here's the thing. Petitioning God, what happens is as I start out in prayer in a place of weakness, all of a sudden there, there, something wells up in me and I begin to relate to God and I say, God, I come to you and I bring before you this need that I have. Lord, I have no idea how to bring this situation to an end. But I look to you, I petition you, I ask you, Father, to come and aid in this situation. And you begin to describe to him the situation. You begin to petition him. And what happens is you went from a place of beginning a prayer. Next thing you know, you've walked, you've stepped up into petition. And now you're having a one-on-one -on -one dialogue with God. And you're petitioning him for the outcome to turn around in a different situation. That's petition. Try petitioning your government for your need. Pick up the phone, call. Because they're never going to meet your need and nor were they created to do that. He created us to meet all our needs because the Bible says, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And so petitioning begins for me to... to uh, it comes out of a groaning or a desperate need for God to turn the situation around. Now, I want to encourage you. We can pray for things, and things can turn quickly. But there are other things that we pray for that don't turn quickly. Sometimes we pray, and they get worse. And see, what happens is we throw up our hands and say, well, that didn't work. Yeah, it did. You just didn't stay the course. You know, you're praying for a wayward child, and it seems like things are getting worse. Well, the more I pray, the worse it gets. Well, because there's a battle for that person's soul. So are you going to get in the fight, or are you going to throw up your hands? I give up. And then it seems to get worse. Listen, prayer is consistent. So it's humbling. It hurts. It's work. It's tears. It's agony. Sometimes prayer is even confusing. Because, wait a minute, I'm praying, and this is happening? Yeah. yeah, it is. Because if you won't get in the fight, who will? Look at our nation. If we don't get in the fight, who will? A generation we've already lost. We have another upcoming generation. If we don't get in the fight, who will? Look at the stuff that they're trying to push on, our, on this generation. Perversion. Deep perversion. Confusion. You don't have to be a boy if you don't want to. What do you feel like today? Come on. Multitudes of genders. Really? Okay? And they're trying to pervert a young generation. Okay? But the only people that can stop them is the church. Not the government, not Hollywood, not the press, not the media. The only one who has the authority and the power to do it is the church. 
But if the church doesn't stop praying, doesn't stop petitioning, doesn't stop calling out to God and asking God to save a generation and to use us, we lose another generation. But by prayer and petition, the next thing that comes is thanksgiving. And not the one that we have turkey. We've already had that, Holly. But the next place of prayer is thanksgiving. Now, you started out anxious. And you brought your anxious thoughts and your anxious lives to the Lord. And you began to pray. Even though you felt heavy and beaten down, you started. Then your prayer got you to a place of petition. Now your prayer takes you a step higher into a place of thanksgiving. Do you know what thanksgiving is? Thanksgiving is a changed heart. Your, your situation may not have changed, but you're thankful for the situation. You may have not gotten the answer that you wanted, but you thank God that he's still on the throne and he's still in control and that he's still involved in the situation. You become thankful. You thank God even though you feel defeated that he's, all, he's got all power and he has all authority and he's all victorious. You thank God that he's got you. See, when we become thankful, we begin to live this out, being anxious for nothing. Being anxious for nothing. We start out in one place because, think about it, how many of us really, even in this week alone, have been anxious for nothing? You've been anxious for nothing? How'd you do it? Just came upon you. You got to write a book. I got to to read it. I mean, we, apart from John, good for you, brother. We've had some anxious things that have come upon upon us, whether it's how are we going to, you know, Christmas, we got to get ready for Christmas, whether it's the kids, whether it's your finances, whether it's the car, whether it's whatever going on in the house, whatever. All of a sudden, it, it begins to take a life of its own. And so there's a remedy for those things about being anxious, and it's called prayer. I want to let you know something. Prayer is really cool. This week, I prayed for this toy soldier. Not that anything's wrong with him. I didn't have one. I'm 60 years old. If I have toy soldiers in my house, there's something wrong with me. But I was like, I remember, I was like, I, I need a toy soldier. And, and as I was, uh, you know, formulating the service this week and thinking about how, how it was going on and praying about it and, you know, the Holy Spirit is creative and I'm, I'm grateful for the creative gifts that he's given me too. And I said, I said, I need a toy soldier. And on Wednesday night, I said, Lord, I need a toy soldier, a green toy soldier. And so that happened, and I was like, so it was Thursday again, Friday again, prayer. And um, Saturday, I still didn't have my toy soldier. So I called Tim Miller. I'm saying, who in the, who in, it's got boys, and boys got to have toy soldiers. So I called, I said, when when I first called him, the phone hung up immediately, and he says, I'm administering a polygraph. I said, well, I hold off for a few minutes here. And when I text him a little while later, I said, do you have a, to- you know, does Cole have some toy soldiers? He said, let me check. And he come back and he said, no. I was like, all right, I'm not done. I'm like, okay, that's not the route. 
So I said to my wife, let's go. I said to Jill, let's go to, um, let's go to the thrift shop close to the house. We went to the thrift, thrift shop for the thrift shop. We went to the thrift shop, and I walked in, and the lady says, can I help you? I said, yes, I'm looking for a little green toy soldier. She says, you know, it's pretty weird. I was at the so-and-so place this week, and I saw the green soldier, and I was like, and I picked it up, and I was like, why do I need it? I said, because I prayed for it all week, and I need it. That's why. <laughs> and she gave it to me. Let me tell you something. Remember, Pastor was talking about Peter's mother-in-law being sick with the fever. And, and, and we say, and he said, you know, God is concerned about the little things. Listen, this was my little thing, all right? I needed a toy soldier. I, I asked the Lord for a toy soldier. Lord, I need a toy soldier. Please send me a toy soldier. Thank you and amen. Prayer, petition, thanksgiving. Amen. But here's what I'm trying to say. What's your toy soldier? What's the little thing in life that you need, but it's so small you think it's insignificant that God doesn't care about it? What's your toy soldier? See, think about it. God's in heaven. There's all glory. There's, there's this loud praise and worship going on. Uncle Phil's on the drums. He's banging away. He's having a great time. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and all of a sudden, someone who sometimes feel, you know, insignificant, little old me, or someone in the multitude of, of the population of the earth, ask the Father in heaven for a toy soldier. Now wait, can you imagine it's all this noise and all of a sudden he goes, shh. My child's asking for something, but he's asking for something simple, and I want to hear it. God, I need a toy soldier. My child needs a toy soldier. Let's get him one. What's your toy soldier? What's the little thing in your life that you say, well, it's so small, it's so insignificant. Or it's, you might even say, it's so dumb to pray about. Come on. A green toy soldier. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not dumb. It's not dumb. And because if you, if you label it dumb, then you miss it. But if you label it as something so small, but you, you desire it, and you ask, God will meet your toy soldier, whatever your toy soldier may be, the little insignificant things in your life. And you know why this is awesome? Because it shows his faithfulness. It shows his glory. It shows his intimacy in each and every one of our lives that he would answer something so small as a green toy soldier. Prayer is awesome because we see God do things, even the littlest Simplest thing that I couldn't get, but he could. What is it that you can't get, but he can? Don't push aside the small things in your life. Even the small things matter, because you know what? When you have faith or are intimate with God with the small things, when the big things come, you'll have even more faith to believe him for the big things, because you started with the small things and saw God be faithful with the small things, and he came through with the small things, and you're like, if he came through with the small thing, He'll come through with the big thing. Amen? Amen. So take your anxious eyes off your troubles and refocus on God. I told you prayer is the starting point. You're not alone in your struggles. You're not alone in your troubles. You're not alone in your anxiousness, though you would feel like you are. 
Because again, if we focus, because we hyper-focus on this, yes, we feel alone because we, we put the attention on the wrong thing. But I want to let you know, you're not alone in your struggles. You're not alone in your troubles. You're not alone in your anxiousness. The Holy Spirit desires to pray through you, to give you the strength and hope to bear up under any and all circumstances that you are facing. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Begin to pray. Begin When you don't understand, begin to pray in the Spirit. Because you know what? If you don't know how to pray with words, pray it in the Spirit. If you don't understand how to pray, pray it in the Spirit. Because the Word of God tells us that the Spirit intercedes for us with words and groans and utterance that we don't understand. And according to those kind of prayers, it's the praise for the will of the saints, that it praise the will of God that is a blessing to the saints. So when you don't know how to pray, pray in the Spirit. Okay, gift number three. It's the most, whoops, wonderful time of the year. It says here, to full gospel center from Father God. Isn't it funny how this wrapping paper looks like a tablecloth? It says, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. If anything in this world we need is peace. You know, it, it's, it's amazing. We invite people to church and they don't come because we complain about the same things that they complain about. And if we complain about the same things that they complain about, where's the witness? If we're anxious about things that they're anxious about, if we're anxious in our lifestyle and they're anxious in their lifestyle, where's the witness? If we're always complaining and they're always complaining, where's the witness? Hey, why don't you come to church? Why? See, we need to be people that someone comes up to us and says, you're so different. You handle things in such a different way. How do you do that? Here's the thing. Where do you go to church? See, that's the thing that has to happen is, is we, even when the, our situation comes, we have to be anxious for nothing. Why? Because that then put, kills gossip and complaining and unbelief and doubt. We have to be anxious for nothing. Then we got to enter into prayer. Then we got to enter into petition. Then we got to get to a place of thanksgiving. Then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guards our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. Now you would say, well, why the pillow? Because when I think of peace, I think of a pillow. See, and the reason why I think of a pillow is because there's only two ways you can lay your head down on a pillow. You can either lay it down with anxiety, trouble, worry, doubt, fear, depression, discouragement, you can lay your head down on that way, 
or you can lay your head down with the peace of God that passes all understanding and guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I kind of look at it like this. When I go to bed at night, no, I don't take these things with me. Jill's not that violent. No, when I go to bed at night and I lay down and I get under the covers and I lay my head down, it says that the peace of God, let me do it this way, the peace of God will guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. So when I lay down, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, is guarding my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. So when I wake up, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, is guarding my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. So when I'm walking through life now and I'm interacting with people, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, is, thank you, sir, is guarding my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. See, I'm not military, I don't know. But thank you. Is guarding my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. You know what? Then I'm different. Then I'm different. When I'm walking in peace, even though everything around me isn't peaceful, but I still have the peace that passes all understanding, and it's guarding my heart and my mind, and I'm looking at a world that's complaining, and I can speak peace into somebody else's life, guess what happens? I'm a witness. And you're a witness. And then we begin to live this type of lifestyle. It becomes attractive. And that's the thing is the church has to become attractive again. And the only way it become attractive again is living the word of God. Be anxious for nothing. Get back in your prayer closet. Begin to pray. Begin to petition. Begin to thank God for the things that are going, even the wrong things that are going on in your life. God, I thank you for them. You know what? It's a, it's, it's a thing that I can relate to you on. Because when everything's going all right, we feel like we got this. We don't got this. And so be anxious for nothing, but everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I want to let you know that God's got you. And whatever... Whatever thing you're going through, God's got you. And if God's got you, he's got you. And if God's got you, then he's got you. You don't understand. You know, I'm not getting that yet, are you? Let me help you out. See, when you begin to pray, God's got you. Whatever's got you, God's got you. And if God's got you, then God's got you. Amen? Amen. So God's got you. And whatever's got you, God's got you. And because God's got you, he's got you. Truly, I have a dizzling intellect. Wait till I get going. But no, that's, that's, tr that's the truth. Let me tell you something. God's got you. You may not feel it, but believe it and, and confess it in faith. Okay, God, I don't got this, but you got me. I don't understand this, but you got me. I may feel defeated in this, but you got me. And if God's got you, he's got you. Amen? Amen. In closing... May you open the gifts that God has presented to you today. May you receive them so that you walk free of anxious weight. May he flood you with peace, joy, and hope all the days of your life. Merry Christmas from God the Father, 
God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pastor. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, we just thank you this morning for a reminder that you've got us. And Lord, we all struggle with anxious thoughts. But Father, help us to humble ourselves and run to the place of prayer. And Father, this morning I pray that each of us would reach out and grab a hold of that peace that you offer us. Let's just take a moment in his presence without a sound. Just bring our hearts before him and ask for the peace that he offers us to deal with our anxious thoughts. Let's take a moment. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer. Thank you, Lord, for offering us peace. We lay hold of it and we take it by faith. As the woman who grabbed for the hem of Jesus' garment, we grab hold of your peace. We apply it to every area of our life that tries to create anxiety in us. You've given us peace, so we take it by faith in Jesus' name, and we walk in it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him a hand clap of praise.